Greetings, troubled listener. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coleman, still in the safe house, on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, buddy. What's happening with you? Oh, you know, Manny, uh, just uh, surveying the landscape here. Uh, you know, it's, it seems some of your predictions are coming true. You said uh, two weeks, it'll all be shut down again. It seems to be oh, uh, yeah. seems to be coming to fruition. Yeah, well, you know, it, 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 it's because people aren't uh, getting on board. You know, you got to get right. on board with this whole thing. If you want right. this thing, to, if you want it to go back to normal which I could care less about, but <laughs> you know, um, people are going to have to get on board. I know you want it back to normal and, and oh, yeah. you, know, you want to be able to go out there and, uh, and be with people. And, well, you know, uh, show you how, how quickly it, it turned. So last week, you know, we had the show and you were saying that I'm like, well, we'll see, we'll see. Then, uh, you know, a few days go by and, you know, first thing is I see Saturday Night Live, they cancel that uh, and, and, you know, can't, won't, don't do it uh, live. You know, they, they just. Well, they didn't they, do it with an audience. They right. Didn't no do it with an audience. And they only, they only, they, they used uh, uh, sketches, uh, the, the, the taped sketches from rehearsals. They didn't, didn't put the show on live. Just a, a few people there kind of hosting the, those sketches. But that's when it really hit me. So. I played uh, Friday night. I played uh, supposed to play Saturday, but got rained out on Saturday uh -huh. and wound up playing it on Sunday. Uh -huh. The gig on Saturday was supposed to be outside. It was 78 degrees on Saturday, but then it rained right during the time that, and we knew it was going to rain, so we we pushed it back it to Sunday. Yeah, it poured too. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. So, so we earlier in the day we pushed it to Sunday. Now, by the time we played it Sunday afternoon, it was 51 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was not quite the, the, uh, the, the, the pleasant afternoon that I was anticipating the, the, the day before. Anyway, so, so that was Sunday. By uh, Monday, I heard that uh, somebody I played with on Friday had tested positive. Oh, and, gosh. And, and a few days before that, I heard that somebody I'd played the previous Sunday, uh, f Saturday and Sunday with had tested positive during that week. So I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. You know, this is... Uh, did you go get tested just to be safe? I did, I did. Even though I felt fine, I, I went and uh, had my second... Uh, round of testing in from the the in the entire shutdown the second time I, I got tested the first time was when i got off the road in august when we were going through the midwest when i came back i got one so this time i uh i went down to uh mahalia jackson uh parking lot and uh got tested by the national guard and uh so i was negative and i feel fine and, and that's all good but but then my son got sent home from work today but not because uh someone in his office tested positive so the shit is, is popping left and right manny well yeah it is and you know where i work the big the big university here um they they started sending uh school was supposed to end like last week but the week after thanksgiving they just started sending people home because so many positive tests yeah a lot of positive tests and now uh with the holidays and everyone going to be indoors more especially out, out of well it's supposed to be 80 degrees christmas here so right um 
Um, but the rest of the country, which is cold, people are going to be indoors and stuff. And mm -hmm. so they're pushing back the start of the next semester. They're going to push it back. Oh, no kidding. They already made that decision. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, they've got to do it. There's so many people testing positive. I mean, yeah. so many. It's like it's like a, a, a spike. It is. It is. Now, I, I heard that uh, there, there are some predictions that uh, like in other places, South Africa, for instance, uh, you had, you know, a, a one month spike up and then a pretty precipitous drop down uh, the month later. So there I heard, you know, suggestions that 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 could be the case uh, here with this one. And in which case, you know, it'd be getting bad towards the the first week or so of january but then quickly uh, go back down so i don't know well, you know my I, I don't know christmas is this weekend new year's is the following weekend i heard something today that some virus expert said that um you know they'll they'll have numbers probably they won't really get numbers uh, that uh, that'll show that it's safe for another four to six weeks and you know <laughs> yeah. and already our mayor our mayor says Mardi Gras will go on. Right. Well, you yeah. saw that. So, so she announced uh, a uh, a modified uh, parade route that they're so they shortened it by uh, like ten blocks or something. And somebody in my family was pointing out that so great we'll have the same number of people going to a parade. They'll just be crammed into it. Well, that's what I, that's what I was just about to say. It's like what's the you should actually stretch it out, right? Make it longer <laughs> so you have less people cramped together like sardine cans. You know, uh, screaming for fucking beads. You know, <laughs> which is a, you know you know how I feel about that. But I, you know sure. I've said this before. I say Mardi Gras kills. Yeah, it has killed in the past. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. been a kill. The past couple of years, it's been killing Mardi Gras. Well, not not last year because they didn't have one last year. But. Well, you hope you have a Mardi Gras that's worth dying for, man. You know. Well, I you know I don't care. I don't go out anymore and see parades. You know. Sure, I sure. Do that for I could care less. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm scared about is my young my daughter, my teenage daughter is at that point where she wants to go out with friends and all so that go rat the streets yeah know, and, hang in a bunch yeah, yeah pass yeah. a bottle around yeah and uh you know there's going to be you know, they're going to let people from all over the world come here to to this city and spread their disease you know <laughs> it's like you know it's like scary you know so but you go mm -hmm. out there enjoy it go uh, go get a chinese bead and uh, you know a medallion that says you know i was at mardi gras and we had fun you know that kind of stuff there you go okay. anyway but good the big news is for me mm. today is okay. that uh, uh, my wife and I are celebrating our 17th wedding anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, Manny. And they yeah. said it wouldn't last. Uh, uh, well, congratulations. Nothing ever lasts with me, you know. Well, but, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking that, that like this podcast is the second longest thing in your life. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wow. Thank uh, you. Uh, oh, man. Thank <laughs> is, you. Some real production value yeah. on this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much from Just our guests. Never, you know, never seven, 17 years ago, I said I do. And basically, all I say now is I can't. I just can't. Anyway, I, I, I can't. Where's my rim shot? Yeah, there you go. Where's the rim shot? Yeah. <laughs> I got to get a symbol here. Exactly. Oh, but, oh, you man. know, I'm very much still in love. And, nice. And, uh, you know, we 
produced a very good kid. Yes. Uh, who, as far as I can tell, isn't going to like, you know, uh, walk into a post office and start shooting or anything like that. Sure. You know, not yet. Not yeah. yet. You know, and, but you know, she's like me, she's just kind of like, eh, she, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow kind of thing. But anyway, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, uh, 17 yeah. years, I never thought I'd be committed you know, the only thing longer that I've been committed to is my uh, football team, the Raiders, who, you know, constantly are disappointing me. And my wife really, you know, she doesn't disappoint me that much. You know, she's all right. I'll think I'll keep her. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, was, I was trying to tell my family about that, that commercial, the Geritol commercial the other day. You know, that's, oh. that was the, the tagline for that. My wife, I think I'll keep her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, the, and your kids probably just stared at you, right? They just looked yeah, at you. yeah. They're like, "What?" You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it was a different time then. Do they even make Geraldtel anymore? Is that in the market? I, I don't know, but I do know that if they make it, the one place you could get it is Castellon's uh, uh, Pharmacy. That's, oh, uh, that's the, over there where you live on you Oak live. Street. Yeah, it's near yeah. your barber. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes. Uh, everything in there is old. All the the clientele is old. The products are old. You know, you can get some some. Uh, you can get your lifetime supply of Murray's uh, pomade there. Oh. Um, they have all the rose water, all the the weird products, the Dones pills. Uh, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I gotta go in there one day. Yeah. Hey, I wonder if they still have the uh, Tres Flores. Um, oh yeah, they definitely do. They have the Tres Flores there because I'm absolutely I'm down to like one dab left. On okay. My jar, no, they, on my jar that I've had for like six years. That I right. Used. No, they they got they got the Trace Flores. They might have several varieties of of, oh. of that from that company. No, they got all the shit. I'm saying they might have Geritol shit. They might might have Quaaludes over there. Who knows? That's <laughs> <laughs> got some real vintage stuff. Well, you know what I did find. I don't know if I told you this last week or the week before, but um, you know I'm a I'm a huge fan of Bosco chocolate syrup. Oh, no kidding. You didn't mention that. But yeah, I remember Bosco. Yeah, well, the market near me, this family-run place, uh, Terra Nova's Market, which has really good uh, deli products, but they also carried Bosco chocolate syrup for the longest time. For people that don't know, Bosco is sort of a poor man's Hershey's chocolate syrup. Pretty much, yeah. You know, it's like it's a little bit more gritty. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have that smooth texture. Well, that, uh, well, I don't think it has all the, uh, the, the what's the, the uh, stuff that Hershey's has, you know, the stuff that makes it fresher, longer, and stuff. The emulsifiers. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. But, you know, I grew up with Bosco and the old mm -hmm. glass jar, which yep, is great. Yeah. yeah, with the metal top, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you can't get those anymore. You get the, kind of the plastic squeeze bottle. But uh -oh, okay. I was... I was my after Hurricane Ida. I had to throw out my last thing of Bosco because <laughs> it was going to spoil. You know, sure, yeah. So I had to throw it out, and I looked since Ida. I've been looking and looking for Bosco, and you know where to find. You know, I Googled it where to find Bosco in Louisiana, <laughs> and it, it came out. Uh, well, Terra Nova's the people at Terra Nova's told me they can't get it anymore. Hmm. So I kept looking and looking and looking and looking and. It came up that Walmart apparently still carries Bosco. Wow. But so I went to the Walmart, you know, on Chapatulis. I went to the Walmart over there in Jefferson. They didn't have it. They didn't have it at all. Hmm. You know, and they didn't even have a tag for it or anything like that. But just two weeks ago, I had to go to Walmart on Chapatulis 
two weeks ago to get, uh, you know, that's where we get some, you know, our, our, our toothpaste and things like that because it's a lot cheaper there. Okay. Know? And I don't mind Walmart because it reminds me of the DMV. And you know how I love the DMV. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, I was um, in, at Walmart. And actually, Walmart does have um, – they do sell where no one else in the city sells. They sell the, refri- the canned refried beans that I grew up with in L.A., the Rosarita refries. And, and Tree, you might remember that. I don't know if you're a bean guy. I, I, I know Rosarita. Yeah, Rosarita. You, they, don't, they don't have that – uh, in Louisiana? Well, they have it only at Walmart. You go uh-huh. to any any other supermarket chain, you cannot find Rosarita refries. Because, I mean, it seems like such a, a – don't people all over the universe like Mexican food? Well, sure. I would think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you know. uh, what about Ideal Market, man? They had no, they don't there? have it there either. They have, really? all the, they have all the Goya products there, which uh-huh. I don't mind. I love the Goya products there. But I grew up with Rosarita refries, man. When my mom wasn't making homemade refries – she would just break open a can of Rosaritas. Anyway, I'm on at Walmart to get my uh, you know monthly supply of Rosarita refries. Mm-hmm. How many cans is that? Uh, just a couple, just two mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, two. Usually okay. just two. Okay. And you know, it's like a dollar a can. Yeah, it's really good. And you being so thrifty, you'd probably appreciate. That. Sure, man. I, I like beans. I could eat beans every day, man. I know. Me too. Me too. Uh, but anyway, so I go there, and I'm turn the aisle and I'm down on the, uh, this other condiment aisle. And what do I see? One on its lonely, on this one shelf by its lonely self is a bottle of Bosco. Ah, (laughs) there's no, there's, it's just one, one bottle of Bosco. Wow. And you see a light shining down from the heavens on that bottle of Bosco and the, 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 the angels choir. Yeah. I got a Woody almost. It was like crazy, (laughs) you know, and I grabbed it and I got the hell out of there, man. I said, I got to get out of here, man. This is a good sign. And I went and bought lottery tickets and all that. I was going to say, yeah, it's your lucky day. Yeah. Get while the getting's good, man. Yeah. But I mean, it was weird to say because there's like Hershey's, and there's that strawberry syrup crap, and there's all these other stuff, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, you know, there, and then right there, though, it was all by itself. I mean, there wasn't any other product to the left or to the right of it. It was just hmm. there, one little bottle of Bosco. And wow. I've, yet, I've yet to open it. Oh, okay. You're, you're waiting for, for a special moment? Yeah, a special moment, you okay. know. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, later on tonight for our anniversary. You know, oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I, I, how, I, how romantic. <laughs> baby, I got the Bosco. I can think of uh, romantic things to do with Bosco. Uh, okay, Moscow. all right. All right but, yeah. I mean, is, is there a New Yorker in the, in the building that knows about Fox's You Bet? No. Okay, it's crickets, right? Yeah, no, crickets. never heard of it. <laughs> no, that's that's the that's the uh, the what you need uh, to make a proper egg cream. Oh, you need you need Fox's you bet is the chocolate syrup of New York uh, with which you make egg creams. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's get going. We've been talking too much. We've got a late start. Let's introduce our fabulous guest here, real quick, Renee. Okay. Sounds good. Let's see. Yes, this is a, he's he he is exciting. He's exciting to me too, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turns out he's an old friend of yours, Manny. But uh, but that's not the only reason we have him on the show. He's a he's a fantastic multi instrumentalist, uh, viola player. He's also plays guitar, saxophone, and doubles on flute and clarinet as well. Also plays trumpet and harmonica. 
goes on and on, this guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a veteran of bands like uh, Thelonious Monster and uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's uh, one of the co-founders, along with Flea from the Chili Peppers, of uh, the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. Fantastic organization there in L.A. So uh, we're going to get into all that, but without further ado, the great Mr. Keith Tree Barry. Welcome, Tree. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, Manny. How are you, man? I'm I'm good, man. It was that was uh, that was I, I enjoyed uh, hearing you again. Well, yeah, you know, I uh, we had Pete Weiss on about a year ago, uh-huh. and he says you got to have Tree on, and he gave me your digits, and it it took me forever because like everything takes me forever. Yeah, dang. To get you get, to get a hold of you, I mean, to call you actually, because I had your number, um, and I I was like, well, yeah, because I I think I told you this last week, I I was YouTubing some songs and concerts and stuff, and all of a sudden, uh, late night with David Sanborn. Remember that show right. you had? Well, I, yeah, that's I I I like that that clip. I like that performance yeah it was yeah. Uh, subway to venus i think was the song yeah. or something like that no, no that was that was uh that was a good moment yeah uh, and i, in, I go well, i clicked on it and i sort of watched i go wait a minute there's tree there there's i was tree playing saxophone it was like and nice. of course you know the chili peppers you have to go naked or half naked and stuff like that and that was the that was the gig that was the gig if you that if you wanted the gig you had to show a lot of skin i remember <laughs> that, that, was, that was definitely the gig yeah, exactly. Well, welcome, welcome. And Thank we're, you. We're, we're happy to have you. So let's go back real quickly. Um, back, I met you in the '80s and stuff. But are you from Los Angeles? No, I'm from New York City. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. And and uh, and uh, <clears throat> I came to Los Angeles when I was about 12 years old. Okay, you know, the whole family, or you product no, of a was, divorce, was, or no, you ran was, away? Actually. <laughs> uh the last one kind of i mean it was a it, it was a, 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 there was a lot of duress involved in that mm-hmm. uh my folks my folks split up uh when i was about five years old okay uh, and uh my uh, mom and uh you know dude number two um you know they they always sought to uh, get out of the city and uh they finally did uh when i was you know maybe about 11 and uh, moved uh, that part of our family, uh, my mom, dude number two, uh, and my sister and, and I, uh, to rural New Jersey from New York City. And, you know, at age 11, 12, I had been riding the subway in New York City by myself already for two years. Huh. Right. I mean, that's what it was like to be yeah. my age in New York City. That's how you got around. Right. And, and, and I mean, uh, and I was like all over town and I was, so it was really traumatic for me uh, at that age to, instantly be in the country and uh and i and i did uh run away and i I made such Mm. a big fuss that you know my mom and dad they kind of had it out my dad had already moved to la um they kind of had it out and and they were like well since he's not going to stay here because i really wasn't going to stay there in the country i was just not doing it not having it um like uh you know maybe he should come live with you know my dad with with uh my father and so that's what i did and so were you playing music back in new york and new jersey i was yeah i started playing music uh as soon as i could pick stuff up as soon as i could uh pick up an instrument uh and the only instrument that was around when i was about three was the guitar and so uh i i you know started getting into the guitar 
And, uh, you know, it, it says in the, uh, in that little intro in, in uh, my bio, it says I play the guitar, but to me, the guitar is like, it was played when I was getting into it. When I was a kid, I, it was already played for me. It was just already on the records and I really wanted to play orchestral instruments. Um, but the guitar I think is kind of like the mafia. And, uh, if you can do it, they never let you out. you know so and the guitar in point of fact is is uh, a useful tool and and something that you know i still use to accompany myself singing and of course i've been teaching it uh for you know 40 years so you moved you moved to la that's where you go what part of la Uh well we lived uh when i came to live with my dad um we lived on poinsettia just south of melrose Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So you're right there in the heart of things. Yeah. So yep. you went to you went to Fairfax, didn't you? I did. Yeah. That's I so. Did. That's how you know everybody. The the yep. guys, Flea, yep. Anthony. So that's how you met them all. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Flea before you, there. Flea before there was a flea. Right. Well, yeah. He was Michael too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So and then you were with the band, orchestra, marching band, or anything like that, or you guys- everything, every single uh, music class there. Well, I mean that really. So coming from you know New York and then New Jersey, um, you know it, it really blew instantly blew my mind. I mean the 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 you know story of the difference that I always tell is when I was a kid in Far Rockaway, Queens, New York, in the projects, right, the actual projects. Because when my folks split up, my mom was really poor, and you know she wound up, uh, and we all wound up living on the same terrace, as it's called, of the projects. You know, because there's like six buildings, and there's a little terrace in the middle, uh, with my great grandparents, my mother's grandparents, and um, same place as them, same same compound, and uh, you know, and it was an extremely uh, squalid environment. You know, really impoverished in the, uh, you know late 60s early 70s it, new york was was a really kind of you know well, it was mu- dying yeah new yeah york municipal a- bankruptcy and yeah. like this whole thing and yeah. and so uh, but very very squalid and in my school in new york and being who i am and my parents being who they are for example i, I always knew for example that there uh, was such a thing as gay people like when i was a little kid you know i always knew that i mean my parents had gay friends and i knew it was a thing i knew it existed however in my school man oh monkeys if there was such a thing they would have gotten beat beaten to death right like in my school yeah, in far Rockaway, yeah. if a kid if a kid was out they would have gotten like the shit kicked out of them you know right, right. so I, I didn't know of any of that so okay so i get to la you know same year you know and the gay kids all have their own click in the quad yeah. you know and and i was like oh wow man that's different right and and so there was that difference and uh there was also uh, really for the first time for me the opportunity uh, to start studying orchestral instruments uh, which i jumped right on and uh so i wound up being in every single music class that i could possibly be in every single day of high school i was in band (laughs) orchestra uh, choir i was also taking another beginning whatever kind of instrument you know different because what i would do in school is I'd play viola in orchestra all the time and I'd play a different instrument each semester in band. So I wound up getting around to all the different uh, wow. instruments in band. And um, well, are you like, are you like me and cause I went to uni high, which was a little farther away from more on the West side than Fairfax, but I knew some Fairfax kids. And I remember also, um, 
one lunch hour at uni, my senior year, it's, they had some band play on our quad, and it ended up being Flea with some other with Hillel, right? With some other guys playing. I forget the I don't know what they call themselves, but they, Anthem. Anthem. Okay, very good. Yeah, that was it. And it was like, who the fuck are these guys? And why are oh, they? Oh, they ripped, man. They yeah. were great. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know how they got invited to play at Uni High, but they did. And well, they, they were was, they were they were awesome. They were fantastic. All right, I so mean, like me, yeah. did you just kind of like okay, you're interested because in, I'm interested in theater and history at my school. You're doing the music and stuff like that, and nothing else mattered. And so you graduate, you don't really care what your grades are and stuff like that. You, are you planning on going to college? Because I never was. Well, um, yes. Uh, yes, I was. And it, but it was really pretty convoluted. I mean, I was like, uh, and, and remain to this day, you know, a, a pretty messed up kid, you know. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, I was a prodigious music student. And uh, I had the opportunity to go to... Uh, you know, I, I was recruited by a number of music colleges, including Berkeley College of Music, where, which is where I wound up going. And um, and and really, I, I had in mind, uh, even as I was getting started uh, to go to Berkeley, uh, to quit and go back to New York. That was my that was my you know vision, and I, I did that. And and uh, for any young people listening, uh, don't be like me, finish college. So. Yeah, don't, don't don't quit don't quit college. Well, I, I want to <laughs> go back a, a minute uh, because I, I read who a couple of your teachers were, a couple of your of your viola teachers. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And so one of them was was uh, Norman Botnick, right? Yeah, he was the he was the one. So so when did you study with him? Well, just uh, so I'm I'm doing some investigation on Norman Botnick. So he, he starts, uh, his recorded career goes back to 1940. Oh my, oh my heavens. He's, you, you've heard him a, a, a thousand times. Uh, yeah. And, but then, but then he's like playing with, you know, Charlie Barnett back in the forties, but then, then he's on pet sounds. He's on smiley. Smile. He was a, uh, you know, first call, uh, studio string player and, and he's on, you know, everything that was recorded in Los Angeles for those decades. Everything that had strings on it, he's on he's on all of it. Right. Now, now how do you <laughs> wind up having a, such a prestigious teacher as that? Were you just such a shining star as a student? Or tell us about how, how that right. came to Well, be. you know, I mean, uh, came time pretty... So, so, you know, the way I started playing the viola was, uh, as I mentioned, that I saw before ninth grade, summer school before ninth grade, that it was offered... Um, or summer school before 10th grade, it was offered as a class in school, beginning strings. And I really wanted to do it. I wanted to play the viola. And uh, I had done a great deal of work already on the guitar, physically playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also taught myself to read music. You know, so I, I mean, I could play a string instrument and I could write, read music uh, before I ever started playing the viola. And, uh, you know, when I signed up for the class, I was so excited. I went to the library. I always emphasize that for people that would only go to the internet now because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> there was no such thing and you had to go to the library for this right. information, right? Yes. And what I wanted, I just wanted to know what the open strings on the viola were. That's all I wanted to know. So I found a book in the library said the oh. open strings on the viola are CGDA, right? And and then in my head, this is all before the class starts, I you know uh, 
figured out what all the scale combinations, half-step, whole-step combinations would be in every position on the instrument. Because I thought like that on guitar. Wow. I, still, I still do. Right. Okay. So anywho, so uh, now comes, you know, beginning strings. And, uh, you know, first day the teachers, they don't hand out the instruments. They say things like, you got to loosen your bow every time and, you know, don't hit your sister with it, you know. Like mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then second day, they or first day, whenever the teacher says, okay, so I know most of y'all are here to play violin or bass, but we have only so many of each instrument and we're going to need members of each section for the orchestra. So some of y'all going to have to play the cello. And some of y'all going to even have to play the viola. Now, I already knew I wanted to play the viola. How did you know to, that about the viola at that tender age? Right. Uh, my uh, father was acquainted with another wonderful studio viola player, a woman named Novi Novog. And uh, I heard her play. And mm-hmm. uh, I was really attracted to everything about it. You know, the, the, that it was an instrument that was lower than the violin and you could still stand up and play it. And, you it's know, got a beautiful dark sound to it. You know, it? I mean, if you play it right, yeah, well, sure. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't doesn't make that sound by itself. Yeah, um, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm, well, yeah. you know, well, you know, violin to 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 a greater degree is to me reminds me of like the clarinet. Like they both have a beautiful sound in the right hands, but in in so yeah. many cases, it's a it's a tough go, man. Well, the the it, it is uh, intrinsically much, much more difficult to make a pleasant sound on a boat instrument, as you know, Renee, uh, than, uh, than uh, a, a reed instrument. It's intrinsically a great deal more difficult. Um, but uh, anywho, I, I, I could play the viola. The end of that story is I could play the viola the day I, I got one. Wow. Right? When, when they had, well, I mean, I, I could play string instruments physically. Right, I, right. You know, but just that you'd done all this math work in your head already. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's like one of those yeah. those Chinese people during the Cultural Revolution, you know, where they just have a board with the, the, uh, the, 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 the keys painted on it and they practice that and they finally I, get it to a piano and they can play beautifully. I don't you know, know. With, with instruments, I've always been that way. <laughs> um, you know, when I, when I, all those times when I would uh, pick up a new wind instrument, um, or even, you know, the most difficult instrument I play, uh, Head and Shoulders, which is the one I played a moment ago, uh, the harmonica, which is Head and Shoulders, the most difficult instrument I play. No- nothing else even comes close. Really? Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, but I could always, uh, for example, with uh, keyed instruments like flute, saxophone, clarinet, oboe, bassoon, right? I mean, I actually would look at the operation of every single mechanism and see what keys opened or closed and since i mean i know what a chromatic scale is you know mm-hmm. I, I mean since i know what that is and I, I can see if you know two consecutive keys open uh you know holes open uh well that's got to be a whole step right? right and if only one consec you know blah 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 and so i would wow. actually you know Puzzle i, I would it do, out that's i funny, totally man. do that you know the reason that by the way the harmonica is the most difficult it's the only instrument uh where the uh, amount of physical memory required ranges actually to infinity because of the blow draw patterns, right? Because mm. if you play a clarinet again, right, no matter what key you're playing a, a lick in or rhythm, even a you know, rhythm lick, you go da, 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 doesn't matter what sequence of notes that is, your air is always going to go, right? Your air is always going to go. But if I play even the same thing, in all 12 keys on the chromatic harmonica well the blow draw patterns for every one of those are different 
Right. Okay. And that's if, um, and that's if it's the same lick in that rhythm. You know, I mean, what if I what if I want to you know rearrange uh, the combinations of notes in that rhythm? I mean, all of a sudden the blow draw. Okay, so it's nuts, right? Well, and then so you see guys like like Howard Levy or somebody who who can you know do all this chromatic stuff well, he, on a on a, right. on a on a on a diatonic harmonica He's, by bending he, all this shit, and then you go and they start talking about it, and it's like, man, t- that sounds like calculus, you know? He's a, he's he is a unique case. He Howard Levy is uh, is alone doing what he does. He, he is an absolutely unique case. So you're 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 at the Ber- you're you're done with Berkeley College, and do you come back to LA and and play music, or do you go to New York? What do you? I went doing? to New York. I went to New York. And, and what year and is this? What year is this? This was 1981. Okay. Now, are you in still in touch with uh, uh, your LA friends at that time? Because you yeah, know, I was. Yeah. No, I, I was in touch. I mean, it it took me. You know, the way it happened uh, after school is it took me a few trips back to New York and being there uh, to figure out it wasn't home anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I so, understand that. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. I mean, it was really because I left under that kind of duress and I really didn't think, I to me, it all seemed temporary, yeah. right? Like I'm leaving New York. I mean, I was so, it's that thing, you know, you can take the boy out of the city, you can't take the city out of the boy um, thing. And and uh, so I... I uh, wanted to get back to New York and uh, it took me a few uh, times being there for, you know, a year this time. And then, you know, kind of burning myself out doing whatever I was doing and then back to LA to recharge with, you know, the people who had become by that point, you know, my peers, the people I went to high school with. Right. And uh, so it took me a, a few, a few times back and forth to figure out that uh, New York wasn't home anymore. And, and also uh, that, you know, my post Berkeley, uh, ideas for, you know, what I was going to do, uh, that that wasn't real. I mean, the only idea I, I, I had in my head when I was uh, in Berkeley and before was that I would be a jazz band leader. And I didn't really account for the fact that, you know, five people on earth have that as a job title. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's not, not a job you can have, you know, you need a time uh, machine to go back to the, the big yeah, window, at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I run out of, uh, of uh, jazz band leaders at this point before I run out of fingers, mm-hmm. you know, Winton Marsalis, Arturo Sandoval, Diana Krall. I'm, I'm running out. Okay. <laughs> you know? right. I mean, so you get back to LA, you're a young guy and uh, your peers, they're exploding on the scene, right? Everyone's exploding on the well, scene. Well, you know, you know. In some ways, in some ways. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the rest, you know, about too, I mean, uh, that, uh, obviously, uh, we were also all big fucking drug fuck up. Freaks, yeah, well, right? yeah, 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 and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you know that that was uh, again, kids, uh, don't do that. Um, and, okay, but uh, we like to we like to see that you you went through that and you 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 know came out the other end. So so you were you were you were uh, dabbling and and partaking as much as anybody at that time. I, I, I'm afraid so. Yeah, okay. and and uh, I'm afraid. So, so was it because you were a musician and was romantic, or it was just because you wanted to do it because everyone else was doing it, or Man. you were doing it because you were trying to get laid? I don't know. No, I I, I believe that that uh, kids do stupid shit because they're kids and they're stupid. Right. And, uh, and you know, drugs were endemic, as you know, Manny. Yes. Um, in in uh, that time and place. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, 
And, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, Re Renee, to the thing about like, uh, you know, coming out the other side, I, I mean, I'm afraid that, you know, uh, not everybody did. Sure. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, yes. and uh, it's, and I, and ultimately on that subject, you know, as, uh, you know, what wound up being my vocation, being a, an adult in the lives of young people, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I think the shortest way to think of it, most important thing to know, is that getting into it at all is really Russian roulette, right? Because uh, yeah. you don't know at the beginning of getting into that uh, who will come out the other side, right? Right. And, and and it's, not, it's not even just a matter of coming out the other side. It's how you come out the other side. I mean, you know, like I, I again, and this is a conversation I, I only have with young people of obviously of certain ages and, you know, not all of them. Right. But at a certain age, the subject may come up and I say, look, I can tell you about 10 real people, not made up people. Right. These are like actual people that have names. And uh, out of those 10 people uh, who all got into drugs at the same time, same place, uh, two of them are dead. Um, you know, four of them have, you know, lifelong relationships to it where they need to always be on a program or, mm. you know, like they got to do something to stay cool. Um, you know, two of them are still junkies. Like, how the hell did that happen? And really <laughs> only two uh, came all the way out and are not in the other three categories. So real Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah, and even people that, that seem to look normal, I mean, a lot of times, you know, they're never the same confidence-wise or, you know, the whatever time or opportunity has been burned in the interim, you know, yeah, you can never get those, those, those yeah, things it's, back. It's, 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 it's nasty stuff, and uh, apparently humans need hobbies, and uh, that's not a good hobby. But you got to <laughs> also take into the fact that, you know, I know a lot of those people, I, I think I know who you're talking about in some ways in those people. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah, but in that window, that time during the, that, that that time period, a lot of good music was made by uh, some dude, of those people. I, I must invoke the two Free Stooges. I must. Well, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's other bands too before us, you know, who had their ups and downs and stuff like that. There was a lot of good music made by sure, those sure people. Sure, sure was. And we lost some of them. And, well, I, I hate the and, euphemism. They died. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the, euphemism, yeah, yeah. the euphemism drives me a little nuts. They didn't, like, they're not missing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're dead. Yeah. They're not on the road somewhere. Like. Well, it's, well, yeah. Well, well, I know a couple I just disappeared off the. Anyway, but you know, yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was a good time. Yeah. And we all experienced it. We, we were out there doing the stuff, going to the really good club, going to see some really good acts and stuff. It was like super that. ripe. It was, I, yeah. I, you know, in the context, I think of now, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, like the band that you mentioned, um, Anthem, which became What Is This, you know, uh, which uh, to the greatest part became the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yes. You know, three out of those four guys. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, we were. I went to high school with them, so I mean, I, 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 you know, heard them when they sucked, and when they didn't <laughs> have it all together, you know. Um, but but they got it together, and I mean, they were doing, you know, the disciplined band King Crimson before that existed. You huh. know, I mean, Hillel was uh, Adrian Ballou, and Alan uh, Johannes, but back in those days, he was Mischulski, was fully doing Frip, you know. And uh, Jack Irons, fucking tight as a drum. Yeah. You know, pun intended. How is Jackie I doing it? What's he up to? I, I, I think he's I think he's fine. 
I think he's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think he's he, you know he's been uh, just all about you know being a family man and being a drummer for many many decades. Yeah, he was. I used to play basketball with him a lot, and he was one of those guys who was okay. He wasn't a very good player, but he had this horrible habit of when he took a jump shot and whoever was defending him, he would, you know, say some cocky thing like face, you know, like in your face <laughs> and he would never make the shot. Well, not a good combination. It's not, not, no. like Jack, stop doing that. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, Jack, one thing is he, he has been, uh, you know, one of those uh, jocks, you know, he's, he's a, I don't know if he's a gym rat because I don't think he gets out that much, but he sure, no. sure the heck is a fitness rat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's always had his little things. Like when he when he toured for Joe Strummer, he had to have certain teas and stuff and all that. So even with Pearl Jam, he had to have uh, you know uh, scented candles and certain teas and waters that he would drink between songs and stuff. I mean, he's he's gone that way. You know, yeah. Least, and, yeah, and always was. He always yeah. was. Yeah, yeah well, always was a real fit guy. Good, good drummer. Good drummer. A fantastic no, drummer. Not a very good ball player, but a good <laughs> <laughs> more more confidence than skill. Yeah. Well, well Manny, I'm I'm looking at uh, at my cocktail and the the clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got it. We got tree. We're gonna take a break. The troubled nation knows what we do uh, at this halfway point. We take a break. You can go take a leak, fix yourself something to drink, and uh, tr troubled nation will be right back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Keith Tree Barry. Now, Tree, uh, we're back to our original sponsor on the Troubled Men podcast, which is uh, Loose Change. I know you're familiar with Loose Change. It's uh, the the change that you end up with in your pants pocket at the end of the day, or uh, 
maybe your like car a, seat, your car, car seat, seat or car ashtray. Right. You know, all that stuff, uh, because we've lost a lot of sponsors. Right. Really. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. They're hard to keep but, yeah. uh, for, for all the obvious reasons. But right. uh, but we haven't lost the, the support of the and the love of the troubled nation. And and they're they're always there to uh, pick up the slack. And yeah. so, you know, uh, the, you can they can access their loose change and send it to us uh, through the the PayPal link we have there in the show notes, uh, the cocktail fund sometimes it's called. Uh, also we have the Patreon page. You know we have the patrons who support us week in and week out with their with their uh, their ongoing commitment. And Manny, as of last night, we now uh, we're we're uh, joining the uh, the twenty first century, and we have a Venmo account. Wow! It's, yes, because I, I understand a lot of the young people they don't trust PayPal. They they all have the Venmo. So so we have uh, Venmo at uh, troubled dash men. So it's very simple at troubled dash men. And, and, you can, and can uh, people still buy the shirts in time for the holidays? Well, they can buy the shirts before the holidays. Now you know I can't guarantee uh, shipping. In fact, I pretty much guarantee that it won't come by <laughs> Christmas. But you'll get your shirt. You know what. Christmas is canceled anyway. It'll, it'll come before next Christmas, so that's yeah. The, uh, but uh, so so you know, uh, support the podcast. You know, you know you love it. You know, we we bring you those these uh, very uh, well curated uh, guest list we have uh, as evidence once again tonight. Uh, and for free, you know, we have uh, the the Facebook page you can follow and and Instagram and. You know, subscribe wherever you listen to uh, podcasts and, you know, give us a five-star rating, uh, review us, and tell your friends. I don't know. What more can I say? Oh, but I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Steve Poulton, who uh, did avail himself of the, uh, the PayPal account. So, thank you, Steve. Oh, he's old school. He's not Venmo. He's PayPal. Actually, now that I think about it, I think he sent, <laughs> sent it to my personal Venmo account in, in care of the Troubled Men. So, so that prompted me to go ahead and, and get a, a Troubled Men Venmo account. So, so now we're all, we're all straight. We're all square. All right. Well, that's yes. all good. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You got paid. Well, well, yeah, yeah, we're 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 uh, we're charging forward with this this uh, this, okay. this endeavor. So back to our guest. Yeah, well, before we start with Tree, Tree, um, let me ask you something. Who gave you the name Tree? Uh, uh, me. You but gave the, yourself like, the name. At the, yeah, I mean, the, the, as, as I recall, uh, you know, F Michael, JK, and I, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, knucklehead yeah. ne'er-do-well freaks. Right, uh, we're uh, going to go on one of these, you know, knucklehead ski trips that predate punk rock snowboarding. You know, there was no such thing as snowboarding yet, and um, you know, we used to subsidize these things by shoplifting and sneaking extra guys into hotel rooms and you know, skiing like freaks and stuff. And so we thought it would be a lark not to refer to each other by our given names. <laughs> and I think that the flea name was already out there, like it was, you know, pet name with a girlfriend or something. Yeah. And so he says, okay, well, I'll be flea. And I just said, okay, well, I'll be tree. Okay. Because I know once I got into this, you know, circle of friends and stuff and these people, these musicians, it seemed like everyone had to have a nickname. You know, it really did. You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I just came, I, my name was Manny. And all of a sudden, uh, like Hillel started calling me Shevitz. 
or you know, right, 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 you right, know, right. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. So it was just like everyone had to have one. So I just I thought once I had one, I was like, oh, okay, I'm part of the crew now. I, I have right. Nickname, well, you're 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 outing your 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 insider name. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Manny man. You that's well. That's that was insight. Hillel's. That was Hillel's name for me. Now uh, the other guys, you know, uh, started. You know. Oh no, we we we've all been calling you that for years, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You've been Manny Manashevitz for years. <laughs> but no, it was it was good and all that. All right, so let's get to now. Uh, you're playing music and you're with the chili peppers. You're playing with Thelonious monster. You're playing with who else? Who anyone? Well, I, you, know? you know, I, I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I wound up doing eight zillion things down through the years, you know? Um, right. You but know, you're a guy I, who didn't have a car though. I stopped so. having a car. It was a, a little bit after that. I stopped having a car in 1995. Right. And, uh, right. that, that's when I stopped uh, having a car. Uh, and and which is you know been nothing but good news, you know that's that's. So how uh, do you transport a cello on a bike? Well, you know, you know, I mean, it depends on the gig. You know, I mean, one thing about studio gigs, and I used to do a lot of those, is uh, as you know, Manny, there's always somebody you know just hanging around the studio twiddling their thumbs, man. Right? <laughs> there's always like somebody in the studio. Hey, go pick up the sax player, right? You know. And so, I mean, uh, it's it's really uh, not that big a deal. One of my favorite uh, transportation uh, stories is when I had a gig. I was uh, mentioned this to Renee earlier. Uh, I had a gig with Ray Charles. I had an orchestra gig playing playing viola with Ray Charles. Now, who is Ray Charles? <laughs> well, Ray Charles, uh, you know, he, he uh, uh, is a singer and a piano player. He comes very much out of Nat King Cole. Um, okay. He had a couple of real big hits. He had a big hit on. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, okay, 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 okay. Ray Charles, y'all heard of him? And anyway, I had heard of him. Um, the the bike transportation part of the uh, of the anecdote is that the gigs were. I did a couple of them, and they were benefits. You know, at the big ballrooms in Beverly Hills, like you know the Beverly Hilton or yeah. you know, something big ballrooms out in Beverly Hills. And I was living in Hollywood. I was living on Cahuenga Round Fountain. And, um, and uh, I actually made those gigs in a tuxedo with my viola on my back. It was so on James a bicycle. Bond. On a bicycle, yeah. Right? So, so like I, you know, and, and one of the funniest bits about that is one of those gigs, there was some kind of real inordinate uh, parking you know, at the thing. And the contractor had made this uh, separate... A provision so there was a separate check to cover the parking that went with the union check you know mm -hmm. and so there was this 18 dollars check that i had that was free money you know because i just i was the only guy that showed up on a bicycle you know okay so I, didn't I, have to park I cashed the check yeah. and, i cashed the check and it sat on my refrigerator for for years you know the 18 now dollars. for an encore did ray charles ride your bike he, uh, ray charles no he did not he certainly <laughs> did not Nah, i mean uh so, uh, you know, so, I mean, there's an example of something I did and, uh, you know, it's a uh, boy, I'll tell you, you know, that whole aspect, uh, I mean, I rode my bicycle from where I am currently uh, in North Humboldt County, California, just up by the state line. Uh, uh, I rode to Los Angeles in October. Oh my you know, I gosh. rode 700 miles, right? So I'm a bike freak. 
Oh, you know, Lord, that's so dangerous. That's so dangerous, Tree. It really, really, it really, really was. Yeah. Really was. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I've done it in my life, like probably about 30 times. I've ridden from Portland to LA at least 25 times. That makes oh drugs God. look safe, you know, frankly. Um, well, uh, you know, cycling the way I do it, it, you know, it's one of those things. It's an extreme sport for sure. And and as I tell everybody, you know, as it's, it's, uh, the most dangerous place I've ever ridden a bicycle is urban Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. You haven't ridden right. in new Orleans. That's new Orleans would be worse. No, I, I haven't. I haven't ridden a bicycle. In oh Orleans. man. But, yeah. But, it's, people yeah. can't drive here at all. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, also the roads here are, are horrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's bad. I mean, you're, you know, if you, that kind of, that indicates a bicycle though. Right. Cause I mean, cause I, you know, I have those kind of chops. You know, okay. I, I can, All right. I, uh, I got yeah. a lot of confidence, like your friend. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well. So, but but you were on the road with the with the Chili Peppers and played tons of dates. Uh, did you right. enjoy all that uh, world travel like that, or or? Oh, uh, very much, you, very okay. much. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing about my time, uh, you know, performing with the Chili Peppers, which was after the Mother's Milk record. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that was that record was made right after Hillel died, and uh, Hillel was our dear friend. Um, you know, just and was uh, just for the record, just you know, the most artistic, fantastic, you know, person. Yeah, he he was he was he was great. I love. I only got I only knew him for a little while, but he was uh, a fantastic guy. You know, he was trouble yeah. just like we are. All, all those things. You know, yeah. so fa fantastic, and he died, and and I uh, participated. I'm on the Mother's Milk record, and uh, and it exploded. Uh, that was a big, the big album. Well, it was, it was. Nah, I don't know about. Well, the next one was the Blood Sugar Sex. Magic yeah, that was, was that one. was that was the big yeah. one. Um, I mean, but but each, I think, I, I'm hardly an expert on any of this, but I, I think that uh, you know there are a number of plateaus in chili pepperness and uh that record had two relative hits on it it had the cover of stevie wonder's higher ground yeah which was you know that persists and it had a tune on it that seemed to be big at that time uh called knock me down right? yeah which was really about you know Hello. drugs, and, yeah, drugs and hell and stuff yeah. right um and uh you know so those were the big tunes on that record and uh, they had gone out uh, after they made that record with the background singers that are on the record. And at some point, uh, you know, they, they, they made the switch uh, from having the background singers on the tour to having me on the tour. I toured with them from about uh, 88 to 91. And it was a, it was a great it was a great time. It was a time of a lot of cleaving together, you know, over our friend's death. And uh, it was a time of sobriety, you know, for all of us. Mm, okay. uh, it, it really in reaction to that, and um, and you know, I, to me, I, I felt like that that moment that uh, you mentioned before that David Sanborn show, that yeah. that's that sort of captured some of it. You know, that right. was it, it was like that. You know. <laughs> well, I have, I have. Let me real quickly. I want to just add this one Hillel moment. I used to work at the Sunset Gower Studios. And Hillel lived across the street on Gower uh, right. and some side street. He lived there. He had an apartment. Yeah. And I, I was getting off work, was walking to my car, 
and on Gower, and I see him, and he says, Manischewitz. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, hey, man, what's going on? He had just come back from the record store, and he had bought uh, Prince. Prince had just released the single Kiss. Yeah. And he, he bought, like, a long extended version of it. He says, come listen to this with me. I said, okay, let's go. I went into his apartment, and he put it on the turntable. We listened to it over and over and over and <laughs> over yeah. again yeah. for about yeah. two hours. And he was just like, he just was like in heaven. Yeah. Listening to this thing. No, and, I, I, yeah. yeah. And yeah. me not being a musician or anything like that, I'm going, yeah, it's a great song. I love the beat and all that, but can we listen to something else? You know? <laughs> you know? Well, I, I got, I got it. So that brings to mind one of my, uh, you know, Hillel to me stories. And I, I go back a little further than you with Hillel. Yeah. We went to high school together. And, um, and, uh, you know, and he had me rightly pegged. Oh, my heavens, did he have me pegged uh, <laughs> when we were kids as a jazz snob. You know, and and he, you know, he had me fully pegged then, and his artistry and his taste uh, was more open than mine, right? Because he was right. <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> I was a complete jazz knob, and um, and we were good friends. And there was a certain, re I mean, I know exactly what record it is. It's a record by uh, tenor saxophone player Johnny Griffin, and uh, and a great tune that takes up a whole side of of a record called Blues for Harvey. And it's uh, the tune is that party upstairs, and man, that was the the jazz tune that Hillel and I bonded on, and oh, we, would okay. that, we would have that same thing in my uh, room, you know, with my father, right? Um, we'd go, and I had a turntable and a whole system, and you know, these vinyl records, and man, we would, you know, uh, I guess they weren't called blunts back in those days, but we would, you know. Uh, you know, smoke a joint, and uh, and man, we would just sit there in the dark for twenty minutes, man, totally silent, and uh, and dig that record. Excellent. So, you know, Excellent. so and and uh, and then you know, uh, so fast forward, and you know, nineteen eighty eight, and and that's when he died, and then uh, we went out on the road uh, after Mother's Milk, and it was a uh, it was a beautiful thing. So cool. you're playing saxophone, viola, or or just? Uh... I I, re I really played uh, uh, entirely saxophone. Okay. Uh, on that, yeah. I mean, I played I played a little viola on the first record, mm -hmm. um, and uh, but all the stuff that we did for the Mother's Milk record that was all horns. Okay. Right. right. And and uh, and so I, I played saxophone. Okay. And did a little background and did a little background singing too. Mm. Well, I want to bring this up before we get to uh, fast forward some years. We the only time me and you actually worked together was on a play. Right. Do you Truth remember that? Or consequences. Truth or consequences. Yeah. yeah, I do. I remember it. I, remember I, that? I, and I played a lounge singer, which was that's right. Know, that's uh, right. And I have a, a, a just you know a family that's just going to shit and stuff like that, and um, and. I, you know, I just remember that's the only time we actually did anything together because you were, you were the band for the play. That's right. And I was a lounge singer, and we had to do some rehearsal, singing some songs and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the one, the only thing I really remember out of that play, I mean, people seemed to like it because we we sold out a few weekends in a row and stuff like that. Is uh, I remember two things, um, Flea and Anthony. And John Frashani wanted the play to open for the band. 
Oh, oh wow. wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I well, that. they they mentioned it. Well, maybe this play can open for us on our West Coast tour, and I was like. Yeah, right. That's going to work out well. That's <laughs> yeah. going to work out really well. Why not? Play- well, because you're going to have a bunch of fucking yeah, college yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, no, no, I, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're not we're just going to throw chairs at us while we're doing a play. Yeah, but what about? <laughs> but see, the th- here's the thing that that always you know, and maybe Manny, maybe you can help me with this, man. What? Why the hell? Like, couldn't you fucking make the two freeze continue? Uh well shit. Okay, okay. No, I get I get Well, I will tell you I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a one word answer. Uh Alvarado Avenue. Yeah, okay. I got you. I no I got yeah. you. No, I understand. Yeah. yeah. A, a victim of the times. Yeah. But to me that's like in the category of so like going back to the thing you said about how much good good stuff there was at that time. Yeah. Right? So much goodness. And you know, even things that you know, somehow maybe did persist more. They made a couple of records like felonious monster, you yeah. know, um, you know, uh, just a whole bunch of good shit. Uh, I think didn't really get its due in relative terms. And, and uh, the, the two free concept and some of those shows were fucking fantastic. Right? I totally agree with you. And right? there, like was the, a mo- the, there was yeah. a moment there where we like, captured it and it was so good yeah Yeah. and so and the only thing i ever wanted to come out of that was to actually uh uh uh, really you know document some of it put it on vinyl yeah it's it well i wonder if it could have even translated i don't know if that's another thing because we recorded some songs for a movie soundtrack and it didn't really to me it didn't trans you know didn't translate but because I mean, it was a show. It was a show that you yeah. had to see live. It, it yeah. was kind of like kind of like the dead, you know. If, if I want to make that comparison, comparison, it's like you go see the dead live, and people are dancing and going crazy and stuff. But you listen to their albums on vinyl. It's like, well, that's okay, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the dead is huge here in Humboldt County where I am. Oh yeah, I'm um, sure they are. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know something, it, the whole dead phenomenon completely passed me by, so I'm not really. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. But, but one, but, going back to the show, truth or consequences. Yeah. The one thing I do remember about that show is that it had a you know a lot of uh, people came to see it and stuff, but I'll never forget. Um, that I uh, I slept with every female cast member on that show. Oh, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> well, you, you, you're going, you're going there. All right, there you go. <laughs> I just had to put it out there. <laughs> yes, I had to put it know, out there because okay. uh, they were all so hot. All those girls, okay. uh, you know, for for, for it's uh, yeah. It's keeping it classy, Manny. As you <laughs> as you know as as you know, Manny. Um, yes, it's uh, so did I. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you did. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, so they you like, know, stop. So, they like the guy on the bike. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they like the calves. Got the strong calves. Uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, it's dude. I, like we're fucking old men, man. I mean, these, yeah, these, I know. These were these were, uh, you know, and are uh, many of them, uh, you know, beautiful ladies, you know. Yeah, yes. I know. And, and, I'm and, sure they'd be more than happy to come on the show. And 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 uh, you know, and uh, we were, 
It, there were a lot of good times. Yeah, good times. Yeah, a lot of good, people were, having a good time. Yeah, there were a lot of good. There were a lot of good times, and uh, and I got you know. it all on videotape. Okay, I, <laughs> I, and you know something, I, I had a, a VHS uh, of the show, and you know I don't because I haven't had a VHS player in forever. But if you ever get a disc dub, send it to me, right? Okay, uh, you know. I anyway, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. I thought it was a good show, um, and um, you know, so so that was a good moment. Yeah. All right. So let's fast forward now. Uh, the '90s go by, and now you start your music thing, conservatory right. thing with right. the Flea. How does that happen? Okay. So so the story with that is that uh, Flea and I had, you know, down through the years, we had been speaking nebulously. Uh, about ever doing such a thing. I mean, you know, I had been a teacher, uh, you know, already for many years. That became, you know, something that I did regularly. Just and, in, uh, in the public school system there? No, the, no the, way, the way I started teaching, and I start been teaching the whole time, every the whole time that we're talking about, um, I, and also, I, also playing these, uh, you know, yeah. in, in string situations with Ray Charles and stuff, you're doing yeah. that concurrently yeah. with, with yeah. your touring with the Chili Peppers and stuff. You know, I mean, something like making a tour with the Chili Peppers meant obviously that I'd have to, uh, you know, not teach lessons during that time. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's, uh, but, uh, but during the whole period, you're doing all of these things. Yeah. I, I, for, for many, many years, I, I felt like I, well, I just, what didn't feel like, I don't know why I'm saying that I had to do both things to make ends meet right mm -hmm. like i i was teaching my three and four afternoons a week and the phone needed to ring for gigs right, right. so both of those things needed to happen and uh, so i was always doing that and flea uh, for his part is uh is he is you know a bitching committed forever uh, for real music student you know mm -hmm. uh, he's he's one of those guys he was my my band and orchestra mate every single day in school playing his trumpet uh, you know, so a, a solid musician, a forever music student. Mm -hmm. And he and I talked, you know, nebulously, hey, you're a music teacher. I'm getting to be a rock star. Maybe one of the, hey, let's start a new school. And, and what really brought it to a head was a couple of things. Uh, well, Flea went back to Fairfax High School, uh, you know, as a celebrity alumni guy goes back and, you know, sees the school and talks to the kids and, you know, a celebrity guy goes back to school. Right. Um, and so he went back there and he was shocked uh, when he went, went back there because the music department, which literally kept us out of jail. Uh -huh. Right. Like this actually saved our lives, our, our high school music program. We would have been, you know, who knows what would have fuck happened to us without that. Yeah. Well, and, read his book, asking for the children. Yeah. I, I have the book. I read it. Um, so it was a big deal to us. And uh, and so he goes back. And this is, you know, a little bit before we start the music school. So, you know, 2000, whatever, you know. And, uh, and he's shocked that the music department is gone. The mm. building itself is, is shuttered, right? With all the cubbies for the tubas and the basses and the whole, it's the building's closed. There is no music department. <laughs> just all the cutbacks and from, it's yeah and, with the proposition 13 system. you know yeah and 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 so so that happened and uh and also he was very influenced by a book by uh you know uh los angeles legend and uh community music legend horace tapscott so he read horace tapscott's biography and horace tapscott was doing uh his own educational thing or had done 
And, uh, and so that was the moment like, Hey, let's actually do this. Right. And, uh, and, uh, he and I, and Pete Weiss, <laughs> uh, we met, um, you know, at a restaurant, uh, on sunset Boulevard, like, like, you know, guys, like a bunch of knuckleheads gonna have a business meeting and like, let's start this music school. And, uh, that's exactly what we did. And, and we, uh, uh, just, uh, had our 20th anniversary, uh, this past month. Nice. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, about the music school, uh, it's, uh, when the three of us had that meeting and decided to do it, only one of us is a music teacher, me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those other two guys kind of had to like, take my word for it, that if we did this, it would fly. Right. And, uh, you know, 20 years on, uh, it has succeeded beyond my fondest imaginings. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, Silver Lake, Silver Lake .org, uh, there's still time this year to, to give. Yes. It's a nonprofit 501 C three. And, uh, what, but are, what is your participation in it now since you now live in, uh, well, a state line? Yeah, sadly, I mean, it, it's, it has nothing to do with the music school. Um, you know, it, it, it ha actually has entirely to do with uh, my not having a car um, and having proven that one could live like that in Los Angeles all those decades. Los Angeles changed and it became a place where it, uh, you can't even walk there, uh, you know, without being in constant mortal danger from motorists. <laughs> and that's not that's not a joke. It's and beyond the palpability of it, beyond the fact that you can't like cross a street there, right, without like somebody barreling at you at forty miles an hour, making a right a right turn into a crosswalk. Uh, beyond that, it's a statistical fact that uh, mo pedestrians and cyclists killed by motorists is uh, skyrocketing. It's a statistical fact. Well, I was in L.A. last May, this past May. I was in L.A. to see my sister for her birthday party. That's when uh, things opened up before it all closed down again. Um, I recall. And I, I remember because I you know, went staying on the west side, you know, Santa Monica and stuff. Um, I don't know, you know. They have a blue bike program here in New Orleans, but everywhere we walked, there was these like, motorized scooters that people could rent oh god yeah yeah and they seemed like the most dangerous harmful things ever because you've oh. got you could got people who could just put their debit card in and get these motorized scooters and just zoom anywhere they want and then just park it anywhere they want and yeah, that to me was that yeah. to me was really scary yeah i mean it's uh well obviously uh you know, that kind of vehicle doesn't uh, carry the kind of weight or speed that a, you know, car or a motorcycle carries. Um, and, and uh, you know, to me, some of the worst of that, uh, that particular thing, those e-scooters, is that they, you know, they're just, you can't walk. They're all over the sidewalk. Right, right. right. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. We were walking down the sidewalk at Venice, Venice in around Venice Beach area, and there's these fucking motorized scooters. Yeah, it's you know, dreadful. Beeping. Yeah. It's dreadful. It's dreadful. But, 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 I mean, that's the answer to the question, what I'm doing here, is I, I just wanted, I just needed, I should use the words uh, correctly, you know. I Basically, there's nothing in it for my students, for the kids I've worked with all these years, if I become a hood ornament on a Ford F-150. 
<laughs> there's, there's there's nothing there's nothing in it for them if that happens to me. So really, uh, just you know, because I'm not going to get a motor, I'm not going to get a you know motor box with a blow up doll in the steering wheel. You know, um, I'm just not going to do it. Um, I, I uh, need to be someplace where I can uh, walk and ride my bicycle to where I go. And uh, I, as far as my relationship with the school, um, I had been making these moves to not be there uh, starting in 2019. And uh, I had in mind uh, a number of legacy projects uh, that would have happened in the interim. Uh, however, as uh, you understand, they haven't happened, right? It hasn't been possible to do them, right? right? Uh, I, I uh, had, and I, you know, I hope, I listen, I mean, th the thing about me, the music teacher, is that if I didn't figure out how to get people to pay me, I'd just be giving it away anyway, you know? Like, you, you hang around with me long enough, you, you're just going, you're going to, I'll be teaching you music. It's what I do, right? And, and um, you know, I, I hope that uh, it's possible to, to do more stuff. Um, I, I, uh, I'm still associated with the school, you know, I'm, I'm one of the founders of it. And, uh, and, uh, for 20 years, I've been creating, uh, standards, uh, you know, for the school and, and, uh, we hope those things are always going to live. I mean, uh, Excellent. That's such man. a such a tremendous uh, thing you guys did, man. It's a uh, you know it's it's it's, it's such a need and and holy cow, man. It's a, yeah, you you should be so proud. I'm sure you are. SilverLakeConservatory.org, and uh, you know for folks that are, are are with a couple of days left trying to figure out what to do for taxes, um, you know, uh, give it, it is it is a worthy cause. Well, Tree, we're coming down to the end of the show. Um, You've been fantastic. Yes, and yes. I'm so glad to reconnect with you after all these years. Indeed. And let's stay in touch. Indeed. And uh, when you start, uh, you're in humble. When you start doing the jelly beans and the, the gummy bears, <laughs> let me know. All right. I'll, I'll be first in line. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, here's, it's uh, in. Uh, the exact place where I am, which is Arcata, which is the yeah, you know, I, I know, I know Humboldt well. Right. Oh, okay. Right. We, uh, I had way, a Chilean girlfriend who used to, we used to go up there a lot. They they actually legalized uh, psychedelic mushrooms here. Oh wow! Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So so, uh, but you know, I'm I'm old and I'm a lightweight man. I'm on the coffee, man. <laughs> man, I, I like you know. Sometimes I overdo on that, and that shit's like a speed trip, man. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, Tree, we're getting close to the end. Very good. Uh, you've been fabulous, Renee. What do we always say? Well, in the troubled nation, we always like to say, "Trouble never ends." But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Thank you.